Hello and welcome to Go For Bronze, episode 27. On this week's show, we'll be covering The Last of Us HBO series will, in quotes, be around for a while. And we now know why there was no quidditch in Hogleg and Resident Evil 4 top sale charts. This and more with one of your co-hosts, Joel Torres, which is me, and also my other co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Mark. How, how have you been? As the I've listeners may... As, as the listeners may or may not know, it's been a little crazy for us in terms of, uh, you know, last week's episode, we had to, I had to do the solo pod part of pickup, and then we also had the banter on the back end, but we're, we're here for you now, folks, and hopefully we got everything under control this time. Yeah, it's been a busy one. It's, you know, circumstances out of our control. I think that I've been getting very busy with work, which is cool and great because they're paying me the extra top dollar, which is wonderful, but... That that a lot of that time, yeah, has been just been making me very busy and been pushing into like weekend and free time and stuff like that. So like Joel was saying, just a lot of crazy stuff. And then just to hear, you know, the technical difficulties, I was in shambles. Just such a disappointing thing to hear. But yeah, I know as a nice beefy two hour pod. I felt like we did really good in terms of the early parts of the banter and all that stuff like that. But, you know, technology does what it may do or may not do but you know i was actually looking forward to this today i was even though we are having busy work schedules i was like thank god at least i got to record go for bronze i have something positive to look forward to today plus it makes sense for tech to give issues especially when i'm running on an eight-year-old laptop i mean to be fair this is this is a 2015 laptop is that eight years too i can't do a quick math yeah Yeah, 2015 that's it where's our that's our high school graduation year this was my high school graduation present or like entry level or entering college like present also we sound so fucking old to somebody there's like 2015 you're going to college well yeah we we were born in the 1900s we were born in the 1900s we are from the olden times they're from last century (laughs) yeah we've been around for many many winters many many winters is then uh are you alluding to what you've been watching i i am alluding to what i've been watching so uh i me me and my girlfriend, uh, she was sick this week, and that goes into what I've been doing mainly this week is taking care of her, which, you know, was no problem. I loved doing it and taking care of her, and I had to take time off of work, which, you know, it's kind of like a nice little benefit, you know, a little, little like a impromptu kind of staycation. But since she was sick and in bed and couldn't really do much, we were like, what's a good couples activity? Because I didn't want to just like play Resident Evil 4 while she's like dying. I feel like that's with the headset on and everything fully immersed. And she's just like, oh. and then so I was like, let's watch something. I've always wanted to watch Game of Thrones. And it was like, there's no time better than that, than now to watch it. And we started watching it. And we f- finished the first um, season today, actually. Excuse me. Today, actually, this morning. And I'm I'm in love with it. I'm a full Game of Thrones fan. I, you know, I, there's a I, lot of there's a lot of things to enjoy with Game of Thrones. I I have not <laughs> watched it, but I have heard that it is a it is a show that has a lot of assets. You know, it it does have a lot of assets. It does have a lot of assets out there for everybody to see, male and female assets. You know, you yeah. Got, so it's got you got Pangus and Dangus. You got Pangus and Dangus all over. But uh, I, what I, what was giving me hesitation is that the house that I. Uh, relate to or the house that i would associate myself with is the lannister house which is not i don't know if you know they're basically the bad guys Uh, yeah they're yeah they're the bad guys but when i was watching it i was like i just fuck with this like peter dinklage's character as Tyrion lannister 
Like, it's only the first season, and he is fucking awesome. Like, I'm like, damn, this guy is fucking badass. So the the extent of my Game of Thrones knowledge is I haven't watched the show, but I do have the Telltale Platinum for the Game of Thrones <laughs> Telltale game. So that is my experience with it. So I, I, I can understand some of the, you know, like different family dynamics and what's happening to a very small extent, but have not ever watched the show. And of course, I mean, I can't fucking read, so I can't oh, read, I but I haven't, know. I haven't read the books. Yeah, no, sure. and I heard, I heard the, the books are very dense and like verbose and kind of look, let's, let's all be honest. Shows and movies are the best way to watch TV or, or enjoy like a novel. You know, if it's a good book, it would be a better TV show or movie. So, and games are but, the best, the absolute best way to experience a story. I was honestly, while watching Game of Thrones, I'm like, man, this would be an awesome like Witcher esque RPG. That's exactly what I was thinking the whole time. And one of the main protagonists in the first uh, season of Game of Thrones, Ned Stark, Lord Stark, is King of Winterfell. I was like, man, this guy's like a basically like a Geralt kind of character, like just you know, honorable, kind of pale, and he fucks around a little bit, fucks around a little bit, and he has mm-hmm. a bastard son. But um, okay. but yeah, that's that's what I've been doing this week mainly. That taking care of Pam. So I really haven't been able to play much, but I have been enjoying the Game of Thrones, Mark. But what have what have you been up to since we last recorded? Uh, if you've been listening to the show, you'll know that I've been dipping into a pastime, a past pastime of mine, which is collecting basketball cards. And I just you know gotta gotta bring up that I went to a card show with my brother last week, and the card show was like a bunch of really old people like as the vendors which makes sense but there's uh i got a box of cards from this one guy whitey's collectibles shout out to whitey a ponytail military hat whitey but that box that he did sell you know is a 20 what did he call you i don't know yeah that's a good (laughs) point but the Basically, long story short, is I got a Chet Holmgren rookie card that's like numbered to twenty-five. Okay. So and Chet Holmgren is the second overall pick, right? Or first? Correct. Second. second. So okay, yeah. that deal. was huge. Loved that. And then that same box, I got a card numbered to ten, but it was Killian Hayes, which is fine. No disrespect, but nothing crazy. Yeah, and nothing then crazy. An autograph of Avery Johnson, classic Spurs guy. Oh, Avery Johnson. That's a, he was also a coach for yeah. a while, too. He was a so coach of the auto. Dallas Mavericks when the Miami Heat whooped their fucking ass in the finals. Nice. And then That's I know cool. there's playoff games tonight, too. Oh, yeah. My boy Yimmy Buckets is playing tonight against... I don't know if Giannis... Giannis is a game-time decision. Hopefully, you know, let's be honest. Hopefully Giannis doesn't fucking play. I just, I'll well, because, it. yeah, I mean, Jimmy will have to try harder. Well, Jimmy already tried. He, he had a great game one. He's had a great... He's had a, you know... it's. A lot of explaining here. Side tangent, Jimmy Butler is a very, you know, it's up and down. Sometimes I love Jimmy Butler, and then the other times I want to trade him and everybody else on the fucking team. But, yeah, yeah, it definitely makes sense that a guy named Whitey has a Chet Homeward card. But basically, no, 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 it came out of, well, yeah, I mean, I guess so, but it came out of a box. So I was just, like, extremely hype. It was one of those things where, you know, when you open cards, it's like you see the, the corner of something and you're like, oh, shit, is it this? And then you slow roll it. Oh, so like I got super excited. I so and that card is worth like a 100 something. It's worth the, more than the box that I got it in. So okay. that was cool. Um, when someone lose some. But besides that, yeah, I mean, been busy. And then we'll talk about what we've been playing. But before we talk about what we've been playing, 
you had some trouble with the VR headset, and I, I you told me that you might have figured out what it is. Oh yeah, so that's a follow up to uh, last week or two week ago conversation. So VR, I have a PlayStation VR two. I bought it. Um, everybody else is enjoying <laughs> it except me, so I'm glad that they are. <laughs> I'm glad everybody else is loving it. But uh, I've been having an issue where everything is a little bit blurry for me. And then I was looking online, and it's like, oh, you may have like underlying like uh, eye issue. Like you may need a prescription, and you just haven't noticed yet because vr tends to bring up these things because those screens are so close to your eyes yada 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 so therefore this made me schedule an eye appointment which i've never had my eyes check in my entire life because it's like i see good like i don't need to go to a fucking eye doctor and then i went to the eye doctor and it turns out i i need a prescription very minor but the lady the way she was describing it i was like this is my vr problem she's like you know sometimes you see kind of fuzzy and stuff like that when you have these glasses on it just makes everything like hd and i was like that's what the fuck i need i need hd when i'm playing vr so i have a prescription i have to buy my glasses now and fucking glasses they don't tell you are a fucking rip off these shits are expensive as fuck like now i know why people always want contacts so i feel like contacts have to be remarkably cheaper but i'm trying to go so you now 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 I can cue you in, Mark, and also the audience in with the type of style of glasses I want to get. I was thinking I kind of want to get some like Hideo Kojima joints, like you know, like a little circle, like almost Harry Potter, but more Hideo inspired. So I'm kind of trying to go for that. You know, it's my favorite part about this. What my favorite part about this is that you're trying to figure out the style for the glasses that you're buying so that you can cover them with a VR headset. <laughs> like just get some shit that's comfortable like you're not gonna wear them outside of that are you i may wear them because i now i need glasses so i can wear them in public and not be judged so i may wear them that's that's fair i just yeah i don't know it is it's just funny because like it's for it's to be covered it is to be covered and that's also a thing that you know i'm also taking into play too i'm not trying to get some bulky shit they have like some gaudy obnoxious versace sunglasses where it's like why like this is not gonna work for vr so that's what i was thinking the hideo kojima joints they're kind of stylish and also they're a little bit smaller so i'm thinking about getting some like so, uh, there's, there's these ray-bans that are like circular but kind of silver basically the fake gold ones i have but kind of silver yeah the kojima joints would be hot that's Those, what that would be that would be a good that'd be a, a good pair of glasses yeah, and then when I was at the eye store, they have like a lady follow you around. Obviously, they're trying to milk you for as much money as they can. And then uh, I, I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm like, I just want the same eyeglasses as Hideo Kojima. And I know this lady, this like 40, 50 year old black lady, is not going to know who the fuck that is. Yeah, but if she did, that would be awesome. That would be awesome too. But she had some fire glasses too. She had like these like gaudy glasses. They all they she was telling me they get great discounts, so they have like a bunch of glasses that they wear. I mean, she had these cool ones that like look like basically like little ru- like not rubies, but you know in Resident Evil Four the square uh, gems they're called like barrels or something like B E R Y L. I don't know if you've been painting barrel, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like what the gems called. They look like those, but like pit, like purple and kind of see through. And I was like, those are kind of cool as fuck too. And then mm-hmm. I also realized I was shopping in the women's section for glasses for a minute before she told me, so that was nice. Mm. But my prescription is not horrendous where I need them legally to drive a car, but. It will probably help out in VR, so stay tuned for my glasses coming in and me actually being able to play VR. And who knows? I mean, we've been in a couple of close calls with you behind the wheel, so we don't know. Maybe you will need them for the road. Oh Maybe my they'd gosh! Be useful. What close calls have I been behind the wheel? I mean, I feel like there's been a couple, if especially if we chime your brother in here. 
oh I feel like gosh. I feel like me and Justin have witnessed some close calls where you're behind the wheel and we're close to the grave. Well, that's probably because fucking everybody bothers me, and I'm probably getting phone calls, text messages, YouTube numb nuts talking about some dumb shit, asking me questions, making me think. I'm just trying to focus on the road. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe the glasses could be a good call for the road. Maybe the glasses could be a call for, good call for the road, but there's a thing called about etiquette, and I feel like we're lacking it in society and in, in the car. And maybe this is also me just being an asshole, but when I'm in the car, if I have like music or if I have a podcast being played to, I actually do want to listen to that. So, like, I don't want to be, like, chatted up the whole time. As you know, yeah. Mark, sometimes when I do want to talk, I play nothing. Because I'm not, yeah, I, don't want, well, I don't want to waste anything. When you're the one driving, I think it's fine. But the etiquette needs to be fixed where when the other person is driving, you'll turn down some shit on their radio. <laughs> that shit makes me want to hit I'm trying to have a conversation. It's like a fucking bar where you're blasting music. And it's like, dude, I'm trying to talk to you. You're trying to like talk over this whole fucking First of song. all, it's moderately, it's moderate volume. Okay. It's not blasting. Yeah, because also Mark's a psychopath that doesn't blast music. He likes to listen. He has to like to have it at a temp at a volume where he can actually hear himself still. Which is no, it's not. It's a blast. Except when you're in the car, I wouldn't blast it. That way we can talk. Now let's be real here. I think it's less about the volume, but more about there was a period of time where you were just like anything that wasn't rap, you wouldn't listen to, so you would turn it down. But I still now do it now. But now it's just because you're rude. I'm not rude. I'm trying to have a fucking conversation <laughs> with you. And that's rude. Oh, my God. Get the but fuck out of here. It's my car. Or like you're saying, if it's your car and you're listening to something, you ought to listen to it. It's because you're the one driving it. Yeah, but if I'm there, you would talk to me. All right. Well, <laughs> I do is... the same shit with Pam, too. I lower down her music, too, because I'm like, yo, you're, you're trying to have a conversation with me or are we trying to like fight the music right now? How does she feel about it? We'll find, ah, out. We'll, we'll, we'll find, find out, out when this episode releases. <laughs> we'll find out. Or maybe when she hears this, she'll she'll uh, chime us uh, like what it is. But yeah, we'll exactly. see. Either way, this is a PlayStation podcast. This is a PlayStation pro- also, podcast actually, b- primarily. Before we continue on to the game news, if you're listening and you think that turning the other person's volume down is rude etiquette, let us know. Oh my gosh. Let us know in the comments. I always fish for questions and comments and questions and inquiries about the show on our Instagram page at GoForBronzePod. Give us a follow. Look for the story and submit your question there. And, you know, is it is it rude etiquette to lower somebody else's music in their car? I do it even with, like, the people I work with because we transport around in cars and I will even lower their music down. I think I'm yeah, just... Yeah, but they don't matter. I mean... <laughs> i mean come on what do you yeah where we're talking about you what know. i'm saying is like i feel like with a stranger people have more etiquette whereas me i'm just like no i treat everybody the same like it's like i'm not trying to like listen to i'm not trying to have a conversation with a lot of music in the background that's just it i definitely have less etiquette with strangers you just have no etiquette in general that's really what it is and... that's true now before <laughs> before we continue before we're done shaking the cups i did want to mention um on Spotify, I've been seeing this new feature, Q&A, like when an episode comes up and it's like, what did you think about this episode? If you're listening on Spotify and you wouldn't mind putting something in there, more so out of the curiosity of I kind of just want to know what it does or what it looks like when somebody posts something in there. Yeah. So just out of curiosity. Yeah. Just put your favorite conspiracy theory in there and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it is a PlayStation podcast. 
and we are excited to talk about all things PlayStation and in general. Uh, starting out with what we've been playing, I haven't been playing a whole lot extra or different, but I'm continuing on with Dredge, which... Have you been playing any more of that? So I tried to play it a little bit on Monday when I have like time at work. Um, and actually, you know, this is a great time to talk to you about it because I was like, how do I progress in this in the game? Sure. So with, do yeah, I just with... keep on going to different islands? No, no, no. So I got you. So with no spoilers, because that makes sense. The game doesn't it's you know, it's not a extremely traditional game. So when you start the game, you're going to run through some tutorials or they'll show you a couple of things that are guided and then once you're kind of free and out in the open basically the way it works is you know that when you open your menu there is a job board that's called pursuits Mm -hmm. the tabs or the jobs that are in the middle of the board are the main quests and everything else besides those are optional quests and the game will basically guide you to each of the islands like a main quest ties to each island and then there are kind of like main side quests that complete those areas. Okay. And so that's kind of how you do it. Now, if you're trying to go to the other islands, you might notice that it's kind of difficult to get there or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. As you do the main quests, you get some like really big upgrades, features and gameplay advantages. Exactly. That make traversal and everything else so much quicker and easy, easier. So... There is kind of an order to the islands too, but I think also I think I may just have to do a cold restart because what I did is I played it for like an hour, hour and a half, and then I tried to jump into it. And I'm like, well, fuck! I just forgot everything I just learned because I took I took like a two week, three week break in between. So a fresh start might be the best way to go about it, and then just kind of just play for like five hours straight to get my barons underneath me. Yeah, excellent game though. I am pretty much done with the game except for the last quest which it does give you a warning of hey this is going to be the point of no return so anything you have to finish up now go ahead and do that so i've been doing all the side quests i have two side quests left i have there's 128 fish to get and i have i think 17 more to get and so i'll have those two out of the way and then clean up miscellaneous trophies and then i'll finish the last quest and i should get which is always my favorite is I should get the platinum with credits. Like it should just be a finish the game and then platinum. So that'll be really, really nice. And I've been enjoying that Uh, for PlayStation stars, two campaigns, one campaign. I I don't know if you saw this, but the hard game club um, is devil may cry five. I did see that. It's also beating it on a certain difficulty, which I was like, fuck, that's probably really hard. And that's the full game. We have to beat the game for this one yes you have oh, to complete the game on fuck. dante must die difficulty damn that might not that might be another one i'm not getting so before i just went straight into that i was like you know what let me just continue where i was in the series anyway so i started i started devil may cry 2 back up i played the first one and in my mind and it's weird how time works in my mind i'm like oh it wasn't that long since i played the first one and i looked it was five years ago but regardless the first one i thought is was excellent really mm-hmm. like i still remember it and i thought that game was really great and so now i'm playing devil may cry 2 i did a couple of missions last night and i'll continue on that and probably just make my way through two three four and i'll skip over the reboot one only because like i'm trying to get to five so i'll just do all the numbered entries and then go to five and then the other thing i have here is just that for the sports one i downloaded 2k23 
and got okay, my fucking ass worked online. Sounds about right. I was playing as the Pacers, and the other guy was playing as the Nets. It was like tier three, is like the booty teams. Okay. And I think I scored five points, and he scored like 76. What the fuck? You know what was some bullshit, too, that I didn't understand? You know who this guy scored all the points with? Mikhail Bridges or Dingwiddie? Ben Simmons. Oh, damn. Some That's bullshit. That's kind of disrespectful as fuck, honestly. Yeah, you asked what by Ben Simmons? Yeah, it was, I, yeah, but 2K, I don't know. 2K is one of those games where like, I had a lot of fun playing it, but I'm like, I don't fucking understand how, like, like when your players are like cold as fuck, I'm like, I don't understand how you're just like missing everything. Because it's a mental game, you know? Sometimes you get cold. But I think with 2K, it's mainly just about timing that little shot meter. As long as yeah. you time that shit up, you're good. Like, you don't even have to look at like the actual game. Just look at the shot meter and just make sure that shit's in the green and you're good to go. Yeah. Because I mean, then, I'm pretty nasty at 2K myself. I don't know if it's different now, but the sh- the shot bar, because I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge 2K guy, but the shot bar now is when it's full, you release it. It's not like an area. Ah, uh, see, that's another thing too. You got to find every 2K has its weird little fucking gimmicks where they mm. change this thing, so you got to learn how to do it. But okay, that's good to know. Is but that I a plus in... or something? Or did no, you? No, I it? did the trial. Oh, okay, 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 good. At least you didn't drop real cash, rookie. Well, I don't know. I guess I'm outing myself here, but I might as well bring it up. So, PlayStation Plus renews for me on an annual basis. Yes. I'm subscribed to Premium, which is yes. I think like 120 a year, and it was going to charge me, but it was a card that was that I'm no longer using. And so instead of just cutting my subscription off at the date, it said, I got an email saying like, hey, we were unable to charge your card, but we'll let your subscription go for a couple of days and then update your information and we'll try again. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I got a hundred or I got 1200 points on PlayStation Stars like I did make the purchase. Mm hmm. Which I didn't, but it's twelve fifty to get a five dollar credit to the store. So you already had fifty coins saved up. So you just ran that shit up. I already had. I already had more than twelve fifty. So I just used the coins that I had to get ten dollars in the PlayStation Store credit. So okay. I was like, y'all fucked up. You sent me the coins before the purchase actually came through. So hopefully that's not something they fix. But they did that, and then uh, yeah. So I was like, I need to take advantage of that while while it's here. That's nice. I redeemed some uh, PS stars just to build up the wallet here because I also saw that like there's no difference from the $20 limit and the $5 limit. Like if you add it up, if you buy four or fives, then it equals 20. So there's no point in saving up to the 20, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I if agree. There's a benefit, the then it's different. Yeah, there's no there's no savings when you're like getting in bulk. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's nice. And also, I mean, it's just... They got us by the balls, but I'm just saying it's like such a good system because right now the more you keep on you spend your credits and you're like, well, I'm getting coins back and I'm basically buying games and like, you know, giving myself money. And then it's not it's, you know, we don't need any more excuses to buy games or to make it any easier to buy games. But I do love the star system. Yeah, no, I love it, too. And I, I like the I like being like, OK, these are games that I need to try or play so I can do these campaigns. I love the campaigns and all the collectibles and stuff. Really fun. Mm, but. I I mean I I agree. I was yeah I was kind of shocked when I saw Devil May Cry too. I thought that was a typo, but because I saw the five, and then I saw they gave you extra time. It feels like too, right? It's not as like the mm-hmm. normal thirty days. 
Yeah, there's like 50-something on that, which is cool. And then I know the Shuhei one, which I haven't done, is like 70-something days. I got the Shuhei one. It, it nice. Just, you could just have to play like Sifu. And oh, okay. Works for it. Cool. But um, some other things you wanted to talk about well, in the What We're Playing section. We got two... Is it two major releases this week? Or Well, yeah, it was two. Yeah, two on PlayStation with Burning Shores and then Dead Island 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was just kind of talking about the reviews so dead island 2 we've been waiting for for a long time didn't know how it was going to come out good or bad but reviews seem to be saying like sevens and eights seems to be the consensus and i think it looks good so we'll definitely be excited to play that something i wanted to bring up too which i didn't know leading up to the game i know that they were releasing character trailers i don't know if i just missed this or not but i didn't know that sam b and amy were in it from the first one as playable characters oh shit so that's I thought cool. that was really cool to see. That's a cool little tie-in. One thing I saw that was really that interests me is that I heard it's actually well written and very funny. So yeah. I was like, ah, oh, little zombie lane action kind of almost. It looks good too visually. I think it looks really good. Yeah, definitely. It looks interesting. I'm, I'm, I want to see what the Jedi Survivor, mm. uh, what the what those reviews are, what those reviews are all about. Because that game does look really good too. But honestly, right now, I don't feel like I have time for either of these games. They both look pretty beef and dense. And I haven't even beat Resident Evil 4 yet. And I would like to get back to Hoglug at some time. Yeah. And so what about Resident Evil 4? That's what you've been playing? That's the only, I mean, I haven't been playing anything, but that was like the what I was last getting caught up on. I got caught up to basically the same part where you are in a story where we have two chapters. Mm-hmm. Or technically three, because we have to play 14, then 15, then 16. True. But, um, but yeah, uh, we were just talking before show where you're saying like it was kind of slowing down for you a little bit. I didn't really get to say my piece in that, but I did feel it's like, I like it because as a Resident Evil, as a new Resident Evil fan, it's cool to be like, Oh, there's always like a secret lab, but then it's also always, it's a little disappointing where it's like, Oh, it's another secret lab, you know, it's a double edged sword. Whereas like, we're going through this section. I was like, Oh, this feels like very much Resident Evil as opposed to the rest of the game kind of being like unique with like the settings. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I think so far in the thirds, kind of how the areas are split, I think the final one so far is my least favorite. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see if that changes now. Something that we were talking about before the show, which I'll bring up here, but I won't. I'll be vague about it because I don't even know it's a, you know, an old game. I'm still not going to be spoilery about it. But basically, there was something I had heard about since the original one that i never got to play but i had always heard people talk about it and i was really excited to see it this time around and it's in these chapters that joel is mentioning that i felt like things kind of slowed down the reason why i felt that way i think was because i was like okay i know this thing is in the game and i'm excited to see it but when i saw it i was pretty disappointed and so i think that is where i'm like those chapters weren't my favorite because i it, it just wasn't what i was expecting like at all yeah but that's okay. I and mean, you know what? You go. You go. Finish I was just gonna say it doesn't though. make like a huge difference. It's just like kind of slowed me down a little bit. And then me not getting back to it honestly is not because of those two chapters. It's just like the way that I play games. Like when I when I go sit down to like play a game, I have like a list of like things to check in my head. So like probably if there's a campaign on PlayStation Stars, that might be something I hit first, and then maybe I'll play something new and then maybe something for trophies i don't know maybe one day i'll break down like how i actually like sit down and decide what i play because in my head i have like a whole chart of what how i figure it out but anyway with resident evil 4 also 
what was I going to mention? Yeah, with the lab. I, depending on how it finishes out, so far in terms of closing, I think Resident Evil 2 was way stronger with closing. I was honestly going to say that. I was like, am I crazy for thinking Resident Evil 2 Remake might be a better game than this? I don't or think I... so. I mean, I, I mean, I, that's why I say I want to see where this finishes. But at the mm-hmm. moment, Resident Evil 2 has such a fucking strong close, I thought. Mm-hmm. And it just, the survival horror elements are a lot stronger in Resident Evil uh, 2. Mm-hmm. Because another thing, too, with the thing you were talking about in the chapters, like the enemy and like kind of not hitting the same way as people were talking about. I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that Resident Evil 4, it's, it's pretty easy. I think mm. like they give you a lot of options and the combat's fun. Like the combat's fun as hell. And I wouldn't want to take that away, but it's just, I, it's, it's the beginning of the action adventure Resident Evil games, as opposed to the survival horror games. And it's like you, as Leon, you do feel very powerful. And there's very few times where it's like, if I fuck up, I don't think it's cause like combat limiting. It's like, I just wasn't like fully paying attention or like locked in. And they got to do the sit up a little closer meme. I would say for myself, I can't give a definitive on difficulty because I'm playing this on standard. Same. Famously, I played Resident Evil 2 on Nightmare for my first playthrough without any of the upgrades. I thought it was hardcore. Oh, yeah, hardcore. Sorry, whatever's the max. Mm-hmm. I know in Resident Evil 4, it's professional, but whatever the max is in Resident Evil 2 is what I played it without any like beating the game bonuses. And so that was a brutal experience, but a really fun one. I like it when when things are difficult. So, but I agree. Still, yeah, it, Resident Evil Four is much more action. So some of those situations aren't as tense, or at least what is tense is built in a different way. It's not the same. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. But I mean, I'm excited though because I feel like Resident Evil Five can be a lot more fun now. Like especially with that being co-op, I'm like, damn, this game would be kind of fun playing it as a co-op game and kind of changing the narrative on resident evil in terms of the action adventure side and i hope that the main line the continuation like the resident evil 9 i hope it kind of keeps its survival horror roots and then that way we don't we have a good mix i feel like there's a good mix right now at resident evil in terms of like you know the action and survival horror act right now it's kind of leaning towards more action with eight and now four but hopefully nine can go back to like a it'd be like a seven almost you know I think nine has to be a seven if it like I think nine has to go back to being more horror and a little bit slower if it's first person. If they want to continue in the other direction, they have to change the perspective because one of my biggest complaints with eight was I was like, this isn't built to do some of the things you want us to do. Like some of these boss fights don't really work because you have me in a slow first person perspective, I thought. Yeah, I can see that. I definitely see where you're coming from. But, I mean, Resident Evil's gonna always be a game where I'm, lo- I'm looking out for it. It's, I love them. I'm becoming a new fan of them. I hope they remake all of them. I need them to remake the original one, though. Mm-hmm. And then that would probably be... I honestly think that would be my favorite out of all the Resident Evil games, if they remake the original and the light that they've done with 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting to see. I mean, it's such an iconic video game location, the original mansion. Mm-hmm. But the but then, um, but so we also, the other, the other uh, big release this week was uh, Burning Shores, which yes. is getting great reviews. Yes, yes, it is. And if you beat, and I think the only way to play it is if you actually beat the Forbidden West campaign. So 
Uh, if you have beaten that and you're a big Horizon fan and heard great things about it, I probably would not be diving into this and probably until like maybe like a year or two from now because I just haven't even finished the original Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, it's, I mean, similar. Yeah, same for me. I mean, I, I I finally did Zero Dawn and Frozen Wilds and then I tried to do Forbidden West and it just wasn't sticking. And so I'll get to it at some point, but yeah, I don't know when, but it's still good to see that it's good and it's getting good reviews. And then with Resident Evil 4, before we separate from that, I was also wanted to bring up that it's just you know it's selling really well it's topping some charts and then also mercenaries is out now and then there is the i i don't know i guess it's not a huge deal but you can like purchase things to make it go quicker in mercenaries mode which i did see i saw that too and also i saw that mercenaries is like a loophole to get the hand cannon which is like the best gun in the game Mm -hmm. like it's a faster way to get like trophies if you care about like i think the other way to get it is to play the main game on its hardest difficulty right and get like an s rank yes and i heard it's pretty easy this time around on the mercenaries mode Mm. definitely compared to resident evil 8 8's 8's mercenaries mode is pretty tough 8 is that's what that's what honestly deterred me from getting the platinum because I love platinuming Resident Evil games. It's like fun playing the games multiple times and getting like so like I like getting like that comfortable with the world in the game where you can like especially when it's like the speed running section. You're like I go right here, 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 here. I remember mm-hmm. seven like when you get to the end and you like break it, you can beat this. The trophies for under two hours, I think, or three hours. It's like but you can beat. I beat the game in like an hour and like fifty minutes or something crazy like that. Yeah, sounds right. And then I know with Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil 4 is much longer, but the speedrun trophy in that is under 8 hours. I do... I guess I won't say what they are in case they're spoilers for people, but I've learned that there are different places in the game where you can kind of bypass entire sections. And so I'm sure that those would be needed like, for the speedrun. Like in-game world or like breaking it almost? No, like in-game there are th- there are things you can do to bypass sections of the game that are oh. uh, that are street legal like street legal street legal things but there are things that if you know you can skip areas that's interesting i haven't really i haven't even gotten into that mindset of trying to platinum this game because i just want to play it and enjoy it Mm. and this is also going to be one that takes a while because i want to play new stuff so this is going to be like a you know constant little graze at and try to platinum because it's a game that i love playing so i don't mind just going back to it whenever and just be like oh let me clear a few chapters here and there I don't this I don't know this isn't a spoiler. Everyone's played the first section of the game, right? I mean either the village? In a, yeah, either in a yeah. demo or the original game. Okay, so I would say the village is fair game. So the village, right? You know how you get into a large scale fight in the village and it's basically a timer until a bell rings and then it ends. Mm-hmm. If you have a sniper or fantastic aim, there's a bell really far out of like outside of the village that if you snipe and hit the bell it'll just end the fight immediately oh shit yeah i thought that was really cool that is cool i love like in-game world shit like that mm-hmm. it's like hack it's like cheat cc shit yeah exactly yeah wow Throwback. i haven't heard that in a long time cheat cc used to be my shit yeah that's crazy but you know what's even crazier mark the topics we have for this week some bullshit some good stuff but some bullshit too a little bit of bullshit you want to to start off with the first one here yeah let's start off with the first one so last of us the last of Us showrunner says hbo series should be in quotes should be around for a while 
beyond season two. So this is the person saying this is Craig Mazin, the HBO showrunner for Last of Us, and so he basically in an interview was talking about how we know that this that part two for Last of Us will be broken into more than one season because it's just a really beefy game. It's much longer than the first one, so that's not new news. But it kind of gives the this interview kind of gives the energy of maybe what's beyond that kind of saying that, you know, there's a lot of story to tell. And I think it's also important to say that in this interview, him and Neil Druckmann, I guess, also said that they don't feel constrained by the source material, which was also a, of course, this is all up for interpretation, but when I hear be around for a while and I hear not feeling constrained by the source material, Naturally, I'm going to get worried because I know that the show is a huge hit, which is great. I don't think it's bad that the show is a hit, but I also know that if this is a big hit, that means cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Like, why would the showrunner want to stop making it if he's like, I have a, I can tie my name to this. This is like a wonderful job and thing to have under my belt. So I think for me, when I was reading it, it the be around for a while, I'm like, if you're going to go past where the game is either you're going to need that part three to coincide with future seasons which i know is a possibility since we don't technically know what core naughty dog is working on but even if that is the case let's say that part three were to come out and those seasons were to come out kind of around the same time there's no way that if the show wanted to go past that that naughty dog would be able to make a part four i don't think quick enough to stay with that so I, I, yeah, I see this and it just kind of sounds like they want to continue past where the games are. What do you think? Well, I preference this with a question and written in by the listeners. The illest poppy wrote, howdy boys, is the last of us going to be run into the ground? I don't know what you got, what your guys opinion is about the show as a whole. Are you excited for more of the last of us or are you just ready for the dogs to bury this IP? Mm-hmm. I like the little ending there with the dogs, naughty dogs, but. Um, I feel like he's kind of echoing a similar sentiment as to us where it's like, we kind of fear that it's going to be ran into the ground. I, so I kind of take this in two ways. I, I see where you're coming from, where the, the last of us TV show can go past the games and that can create a weird situation because then it's going to, if there's no game to coincide, like if Naughty Dog's vision was it's going to be a trilogy, they're going to wrap it up in three show and three games, then that's beautiful. But then now if they're going to force Naughty Dog to continue on this or another studio to like make a part four, which is basically reflecting the show as opposed vice versa, where the show is reflecting the game, that's where we can run into issues. But I, the the positive way I took this is that maybe he's going to let the games breathe. Because I feel like the biggest complaint with season one is that it just went way too fast. And the first game probably could have been split up into multiple seasons or at least given more episodes in season one. And that just uh, this is telling me that they're going to take their time with part two. Their part two is a lot more content to cover for all of us that have beaten the game. We know that there's a lot of shit. That, there's a lot of ground to cover in the, in the show. So I think this is maybe hinting at part two being even more than two seasons i want to take that as the positive angle of it the negative side i could see what you're saying where it's like they're gonna kind of they're gonna force naughty dog to be attached to this ip a lot longer than playstation fans are already kind of bitching about naughty dog being tied to last of us four i see yeah and then 
the other kind of flip side with the kind of constrained by the material is just I wonder I just like for Pedro Pascal I just don't know if he understands like what I mean I guess I mean we're not directly spoiling it but talking more about it, I mean people can guess but yeah I don't know if he understands how big of an impact that thing could have yeah I honestly I honestly feel bad for Pedro Bella and whoever ends up playing Abby they're oh, brave souls because they're gonna get a lot of fucking hate for what how the part two plays out just with even all those characters and like the decisions that not everybody agrees with so you know best of luck to them it's gonna be rough the the fanboys will hate but hopefully the hbo audience is so big that it's kind of like uh that toxic side of the part two fan i don't even know are those people are those people considered fans are they did those do you even think those people play the game or they just hear that and then just because i feel like if you actually play last of us part two from front to back there's no way you could be like i hate this game this game's awful no you can I don't think that, (laughs) so I mean, I don't, I have issues with it, but I still, I love it and think it's a fantastic game, but I definitely think that there are people that probably played all of it and was like, yeah, that sucked. I think there's like a technical aspect where obviously me and you or anyone that's, you know, probably listening to the show or is in the hardcore base knows that like, obviously it's a fantastic game from a technical standpoint. I think I'm curious what the reaction will be because of there are a few factors. Number one, I know this might not be huge, but number one, the ending of the show makes Last of Us 2 kind of canon or makes like the motivation for the game make sense or that story like 100% makes sense. So they're kind of fixing that one thing there. The other thing is there's no false marketing for this. I know this isn't like a huge thing, but I still like to bring it up as like, the last of us two game had marketing that was intentionally deceiving which i think probably plays some role in why people were like oh like caught off guard with this thing like you knew it was going to happen but not how or when especially with marketing and i don't think that as much that will be the case this time around because those things aren't in effect and also you don't have a gap of 2013 to 2020 that's true. There was a lot more anticipation with the the second game there too. So but, uh, it could be just different. The marketing, my defense for it, and I'm not trying to be a full on Sony pony here, but I, I my defense of that is that I feel like they they were taking cues from Marvel with Avengers, because especially with the End Game trailers and Infinity War trailers, they were doing a lot of fuckery. So I just think that they took inspiration with that, and then that kind of. They kind of bit them in the ass, essentially. But I thought it was cool because you recognize very early on that the trailers lied to you in this game. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think so. so I just for me, that... that made me a little excited when I was playing it because I was like, oh, so it's not what they told me. Yeah, but it didn't make it better. It's not like they lied to you and then the flip side was ever better. I guess. That's, you know what I mean? Not something... like... It's not like it wasn't like they had a huge impact, the the flip side of it. But it's also like it wasn't like they lied. And then it was like, oh, cool, like diversion. It was just like, okay, I don't know if you needed to lie about that. Yeah, I guess they just wanted to do that to throw people off because people were so gun ho on a decision happening. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of obvious that that decision was going to happen. 
and then they were like, well, let's try to throw the scent off that trail. Yeah, I agree. And I think people thought that that decision might have not happened in the part two game, and then you were going to be able to just, you know, enjoy what they expected. But again, Last of Us Part Two is a very divisive game. Even talking about it is like a, is a brave task on the internet because it just very, like I said, just very divisive. I think yeah, it is for sure. All the division though for me validates my opinion of it just like it's really good and it's really good art because it can generate such like a strong emotion from people yeah i think again it's tough because it's like on a technicality standpoint of course it is absolutely phenomenal but i don't know it's divisive for a number of different reasons i think those almost they would have to be taken one by one instead of as a whole because a lot of people and I guess me saying a lot of people is somewhat of a generalization, but a lot of times when I just see like a last of us two and then extreme negativity. Okay. Well then what is actually the issue there? And are you following it up with positives or are you giving context? You know what I mean? It's like, if you can have a dialogue like me and you, obviously it's not just like, Oh, okay. Like Mark hates the games. Like, no, there's very specific things I have frustrations with, but I still love it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think, yeah, a lot of times you will just hear like a like a blanket, just like, no, this shit sucks. And I'm like, I'm sure that you don't. Whoever is saying that, I'm sure doesn't wholeheartedly think that this entire game is bad. It's probably some choices or some specific things that they didn't like. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's an interesting one to talk about, but still just a some things that I de- I definitely just like don't understand how that decision was made. Not structure wise you know structure is one of my big things i think yeah, the structure pay, I think and, the I, and i told be you better. i i told you the the thing they could have done to make it better and yeah, i wish i, agree I hope with. i hope with the ps5 version they let you i don't want to spoil it don't too much, spoil but it I hope but i agree the PS5, I, I hope saying. the ps5 gives you options to do things yes to I make agree. the pacing better yes i i agree with that i think that was one of my biggest things with it but i don't yeah i don't want to to get into spoiler territory with it. I just think that with this interview specifically, I'm worried that they're going to go past where the games have told the story and try to just continue going. And I think that's really dangerous. I personally, for those who might not know, I thought the show was really good, but not good enough per my, how much I like the games. And so I already hopped off like towards the end of the first season. So I'm already kind of like out per se, but I don't like I just don't want them to just like keep going and keep going like this isn't yeah. your thing to keep going. I agree. And like I watched the first season and I have a slightly higher opinion of it than you. I mean, I stood, stood by and finished it. And I was also watching with my girlfriend. So it's like, you know, vicariously seeing her experience the story for the first time. That was kind of fun. But it's not this exceptional piece of television, like especially after watching the first season of Game of Thrones and in comparison to that. And it's like twelve years old at this point. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Last of Us. People were blowing Last of Us. I know, especially for Episode Three, which is fantastic. Episode Three is great. It's great, but it's also like that's not the show. That's like a side. That's like a vignette almost into this world. And then the core show. I think the issue is that they just don't focus on the main characters that much, and they focus on the world too much. That's the whole issue with the show. I would say. I agree. And then for me, there's subtle changes that. A subtle change on its own is not a big deal, but it's one of those things of kind of like death of a thousand cuts where too many. I don't think one is subtle though. I think one is world changing. 
No, yeah, yeah. There, there oh, well, there are some. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> I think that are massive. But I, I think I was just trying to say that I don't want somebody to have the perspective that I'm watching it and I'm like, no, that's such, that's not exactly like the way the first, average not, editor. Yeah, it's not like to that level. Like I have a threshold for what they can change. But there was a point where there was a point where it wasn't even about hey, that's different from the game. There was a point where I was like, okay, just as a TV show this thing doesn't make a lot of sense here. I don't know why they would change that. Yeah. So I guess to be completely spoiler free, if you haven't watched the show, what I mean is when I'm watching something, I like it when the characters or whatever's happening on screen, like the motivation for what's happening kind of makes sense or I can follow it. And that's something that I felt like a couple of the episodes lacked where I was like, I understand they have to hit these story points, but the motivations aren't what they were in the game. And I don't understand why they changed them. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, but, uh, and they saw, and they softened up Joel. They softened him up. I mean, yeah, we just got to say, I, yeah, I mean, they softened Joel up. So that would, that is less interesting too. Yeah. But, um, I feel like we milked this conversation with the last of us. I do. It's a big hope. one. It's a big one. And uh, it's also something too. I just, we're still talking about this PlayStation three game. Like, it's like, can we just, can we just bury it? Can we keep it in the past? Can we, like, you know, Uncharted, like, Uncharted, we look back fondly. And we're like, oh, wow. Look. But, I mean, I know the movies are coming out, but it's not the same. But it's, it's not the same veracity. You know why it's different. Last it's of Us good 4 shit. Wrapped, well, Last of Us 4 wrapped up with a nice bow. Uncharted 4. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Uncharted 4 Last of Us 4 is what Craig in Mazon a, wants. In a very satisfying way. <laughs> And Last of Us is just like, well, if it's going to do that, it still has to do that. But it's not like ended yet. Or if exactly. it is done at the point that it is, then it's not a satisfying close. Yeah, I just I I am ready for Last of Us to be done. And not saying that I'm not anticipating like if a third game comes out that I'm not going to be excited to play it. But I am kind of getting fatigued with this yeah. overall combo just because it's like it's a great game. Can we just talk about the greatness of the game, not about how fucking TV shows are and da 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 da, you know? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and I mean, I don't, I think, I think, I think the overarching, if you bring up Last of Us too, I don't think it is people being like it's great. I think it always, even if people love it, it's always gonna come up with like a but, like it's yeah. just not, it's just like a, it's not like a unanimously satisfying game. I feel like is the best way to put it. Less about That's like true. good or bad. It's just not satisfying. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what so I think that's the thing where people have an issue with it because people always want to feel complete. That's true. When you beat, when, I mean, when you beat the game, you just feel like absolute shit, which I kind of love. But yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So that, it's, it's a big <laughs> thing. We're going to return to it. And we know that a lot of people out there really like the show. And obviously, numbers and money talks so because the show is a huge success we're gonna get more of it and then we're probably gonna get another game and so we'll just see we'll just we'll see how far the line goes i think i'm just trying to say that i'm okay with a third game and covering up to the third game in terms of the show but i don't want the show to go past the game they're gonna i hope they don't do that but they might do some dumb shit too where they do like a side like their spinoff show and that could even be worse that's true like they can do Tommy's adventures in the wasteland. <laughs> yeah, maybe we just move on because even that, which you just mentioned, I mean, fucking, yeah, we just move on from there. You know? Yeah, let's just move. On. Let's just move on. Let's just talk about 
at the Let's top of the show, the whistling world. That there was no, there's no Quidditch. It's something that everyone's noticed in Hogwarts Legacy, and maybe we now have an answer why. So Harry Potter Quidditch Champions has been announced. Kind of, I would say it's kind of like a medium announcement because from what I mm-hmm. understand, it's been announced officially for PC and in quotes, kind of like consoles. But I don't know which ones it's going to be coming out on. We know that we've had games that will let's say that's been developed for like Baldur's Gate 3 might be a good example where it's not on the Xbox consoles because they literally couldn't get it to work on the Xbox consoles this is not to like throw shade at Xbox or anything like that but I wonder if if Harry Potter Quidditch Champions is saying consoles vaguely because they don't want to announce it knowing if it's going to fit on specific ones or not yeah or maybe it's on a new Nintendo console yeah, because the art style doesn't look too intensive, honestly. But um, we actually had a listener write in also about this uh, little story. We have Wild Impala 69 wrote, Hello, my fellow muggles. While the new Quidditch game looks interesting, I still feel scorned that just, that this just wasn't um, added into Hogwarts Legacy in a post-update. Is this uh, is this too little too late? P.S. Mark Ace is my favorite. Oh, thanks, Like, Do everyone. you think... I think yeah. Shout out to Mark Ace, but um, Mark, do you think that this game is too little, too late, and should this have just been a update in the Hogwarts Legacy game? I do think that it is just a shameless, like, just an extremely shameless, like, we're gonna get more money out of this out of Harry Potter. Because yeah, like, I can't. Th- it, it for me, it was it was hard to believe that like, oh, you have this massive Harry Potter game, but there's no Quidditch in it. Yeah, even as non-Harry Potter fans, that was the one thing where I was like, yeah, I Quidditch, duh. That's like the sport that they play. Yeah, like that has to be in there. It just makes sense. And also just how the game constantly fucking reminds you that the Quidditch season is canceled is very fucking annoying. And almost like kind of like rubbing it in, rubbing it in the player's face at times. Plus, you can you can fly on your broom and all that stuff. It's like I know that it wouldn't have been that hard for you to just add it in there. Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with the Wild Impala 69 that I think this should have just been added into the game. It does seem like it would have it would have had more legs, too, because so many people bought the base game. So you already have an install base of 10 plus million players that have access to this game. We don't even know if it's whether whether it's going to be free to play or not. If it's not free to play, we're seeing a lot of these 20 to 40 dollar multiplayer games being released and they're not they're not hitting the ground running. So. Hopefully this is a free-to-play game, and then that way it can actually truly be successful. Yeah, so this game, I'm reading that it's been in development for several years. Jesus. So it's been in development for several years by Unbroken Studios, and it's also going to be put under the Portkey Games label, which is just kind of label, like that's not actually the people who make it. But so this one is being made by Unbroken Studios, and yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of listed as a competitive multiplayer game where you'll be able to make your own Quidditch champion. And I, I, yeah, I don't. The install base is a huge thing, right? You have a massive success with tons of people playing it. I don't understand why you wouldn't just have a Quidditch game mode in that that people can hop into and play online. I think people would be playing the shit out of it. Yeah, definitely, it would be huge. And then also, there's like a world that you're already invested in as a player. Like, 
it just makes so much more sense to have it as like an add-on thing. You could add, throw some microtransactions on there and fucking make Buku bucks. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why they did this because I don't think that I don't think this is gonna catch an audience like that is. Yeah, this is gonna catch like a probably very niche audience. It seems like it's leaning towards PC anyway, which is their first first little whoopsie do there. You gotta you definitely make sure it's geared towards consoles. Especially but, um, if it's something that is geared toward like a potentially more casual audience. Yeah, they're not fucking having their PC rigs ready to go. Yeah, agreed. So, so yeah, I agree. I don't know. I just I think that it should have been added into the game and an announcement, but kind of a double edged sword of like, okay, but why isn't that just that's I mean, I don't know. That comes up from time to time. Like even not as big of a deal, but even like Resident Evil mercenaries being added on like after and then the Ada stuff being added on after. It's like that's cool, but you can ju- you can also just have it in the complete initial package. Yeah, like how is this a remake and twenty years ago you had all that shit? Like, yeah, like what well, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. The Quidditch I shit agree. is crazy though. I, I bet you that I would say probably sixty percent of people that are casual that see that headline are like, Oh, so that wait, but the, the I already bought that, right? That's yes. gonna be in the Harry Potter like that's how many most people are gonna react to that news. I agree. I mean it's the sh- so. this shameless shit we talk about, like call of duty being like hey we have an extra battle pass that's more premium and you can't use your cod points on it are you fucking kidding me yeah no and you know i think i hope that game companies understand that this is not the way this is not the way well just make good games well maybe we'll find out if another company has a different idea of how to do this so we we actually heard a little bit about this but we now have the full picture of it this week we didn't bring it up last week because it's a PlayStation show, and we're not trying to be fanboys, but now there's some relevance to us. What I'm referring to is the former Bungie director, Joseph Staten, had left Microsoft, but now we know that he has revealed his next uh, studio position, and he's working with Netflix Games. And so I think Netflix Games itself is like what the studio is called, and I think he's heading a team to work on AAA games that are multi-platform. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fun to know what exactly what he was up to, why he left Bungie, or it seemed like a kind of mu- mutual thing. It didn't really seem like one was leaving the other. It just seemed like scorn lovers being like, let's just fucking never see each other again. Yeah, so he just said that he is, uh, so he joined Netflix Games as creative director and is making multi-platform, is making a AAA multi-platform game and an original IP. Okay, that's cool. Um, we actually did have also have another question tied up with this as well uh, from Killer underscore Dragon. He says, "Hey gents, time for some oppositional research. Peeking over the gaming border, things don't look to be going so hot at the moment for Xbox. While I love PlayStation, I do wish Xbox would get their shit together. They are guardians of a treasure trove of IP that they are wasting. So this isn't tied directly." into the netflix thing but it does tie into joseph staten in an overall exodus it looks like from microsoft and xbox game studios with a lot of heads leaving and i just kind of wanted kind of wanted to let that simmer on your soul and tell us how you feel about that mark do you do you wish xbox was better good word usage exodus that was nice thank you pleasant on the ears i appreciated that I was an English major. <laughs> well, I am. I'm graduated. I think, yeah, I mean, this is something that we've brought up before where it's just kind of, 
like I, I don't wish them any kind of ill will and in fact competition in general is good for everyone you're gonna force everyone to be at their performing at their best so if xbox is firing on all cylinders that's a net positive because playstation has to fire on all cylinders and so it's unfortunate to see but yeah so now it's not only him but it's also the playground playground games a lot of people left playground games we have multiple studios that have that are new and now formed from people that worked at playground we have famous the leader of tango leaving and so i don't know yeah I, i think it's just i don't there's clearly like there's clearly issues there i don't my thing is that i don't know how these this many high level people can leave and it's not addressed I don't know. Yeah, I just... I mean, I don't know if you do address it, but I almost feel like not addressing it is... It's like the silence deafening kind of thing where if you you can't just act like, oh, yeah, well, this guy left and this guy left, but they're all on friendly terms. Like, there's no way they are. And these, and these like, departures are fucking them over because those guys from Playground Games were heading up the new Fable game, and now mm-hmm. that project is kind of... In limbo, it seems like from the outside, at least we haven't heard anything outside of that reveal trailer. I haven't heard I mean, anything about Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark, the quadruple A studio and mm-hmm. initiative, which called and the Crystal co- Dynamics to back up, <laughs> and still haven't heard anything about Perfect Dark. So, I mean, I just yeah, they're they're really in a scattered spot right now, and they're just they're just I feel like wasting a lot of money. Like they're paying for all these IPs and stuff like that, but at the end of the end of the day, if you don't know how to manage those studios, if you don't know how to manage what you own, you just you're just sinking on a ship with a lot of gold, you know? Yeah, I agree. Another another great wording. You're on a roll with the with a lot of Thank gold. You. That was good. It was a nice addition. Yeah, I think I mean I agree completely. You have this you have microsoft which is a cash cow and they're making these deals and you would hope that that would be for the best of the teams or at least allow them to i don't know maybe work on things that they weren't able to beforehand but it kind of just seems like there has to be some level of mismanagement but there is also that thing that i mentioned before with baldur's gate i wonder how many of these studios are like we have to make something that works on the series s which is incredibly restrictive and I wonder if there are some people that are like, no, like I'm not going to waste my time doing that. Yeah, I agree. And then also, I don't know if you saw, Ghostwire Tokyo is apparently not running the best on Series S. I did see that. Having issues. I did see that. So we keep on seeing this. This is definitely a common theme where truly current gen games are struggling on the Series S as a, it seems like false marketing, which all marketing is a little bit false. Obviously, they're trying to sell you a dream. But the way that the Series S and X were shipped to us was there's going to be parity and maybe not in terms of like uh, resolution, but in like fidelity and how the games play and stuff like that. And that definitely seems to be lacking with the series S versions of truly next gen games. Yeah, I agree. And I was going to say that I, I believe, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when the series S and X were being revealed, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't about the series S being, any worse in performance or frame rate they kind of just mentioned as like hey the resolution won't be as high as series x but you'll still be able to run everything like at a high performance which is clearly not the case yeah definitely not the case and i feel like it's holding back xbox studios as a whole and i wonder if that's part of the exodus from there where it's like these heads are like you're fucking me over like i literally can't make a game if i have to make it for the fucking series s i also and 
Oh, go and ahead. now I just look at my Series S and I just look at it every night and I'm like, you're just a dumb, dumb piece of box. <laughs> I also feel like, so if, if in case someone doesn't know, a, a lot of times the compensation for people that like developers or even heads of studios specifically, a lot of times the compensation is based on, you get bonuses based on how well your product ships and sells. And so mm. if you have like, you know, if you have, I don't know, just Resident Evil 4 as an example, right? Selling like fucking hotcakes. Capcom is obviously counting them dollar bills. And I'm sure that heads and other people that are in the development team are getting bonuses related to those sales. And so I know that that's a common financial practice for game developers. And so I would imagine you're getting these first party games that are going to go onto Game Pass and are not literally going to be sold. And so I'm sure that your bonuses and your like, all of that is going to be lower. And I'm sure that even though Microsoft has a ton of cash, if they're not making more revenue from what you're creating, then they don't have extra money to give you. So I wouldn't be that surprised too if these heads are like, why I'm making, like I might, what I can make is capped here. What I can work on creatively is capped by the Series S, like I'm out. This is obviously just all analysis with a little bit of just hypothesis in there, but it would be cool if, they were able to make statements, but unfortunately with those kind of things, you know that they're not both the people that are leaving don't want to be negative. And then also Microsoft itself as a whole is not going to address like, Hey, yeah, we're fucking up. They're just not going to say that. Yeah. And I think, I think your editorializing right there was pretty sound. I think that's, that's true. That's something we're seeing when you look at the best selling games, they're not selling, they're not selling games on Xbox. Like, 70% 70% like Microsoft even mentioned they were there like 70% of like game sales and 70% of people playing games is still on PlayStation in terms of the console space. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know what Xbox is doing. Like, I don't really know what I was fearful of them in the beginning of the generation. Cause they were so bullish with all these purchases. And I was like, they're just going to have so many games that it's, you know, we're, it's just PlayStation is not going to be able to compete, but like Redfall is coming out next month. And that's running at 30 frames per second. And everybody's like up in arms about that, which that is totally fair and justified. I think that that is unacceptable having a 30 frames game, like only like to have the option where it's like even 1080, it doesn't need to be 1440 P, but if it's 1080 60, that's fine with me. Mm. And then maybe your 4k 30 mode, but it's just, I don't really know what the game plan is for Xbox. I mean, I know that the Microsoft, or the Call of Duty purchase is going to be a big power move and shift in power. But again, the state of Call of Duty, I don't really feel... If if I lose Call of Duty, I'm not losing much right now, is how I feel. I agree. Call of Duty is on a... I would say that Call of Duty is on an exceptional decline at the moment. And that's me saying it where I've never been a Call of Duty hater. But Yeah, we are not Call of Duty haters, by the way. We fucking... I've bought, like, what, 12, 15 call of duties at this point in our lives I'm sure i've only missed two i didn't <laughs> buy ghosts and i didn't buy vanguard but i bought i think every single other one yeah so we're not we're not call of duty haters at all we definitely we love the franchise we grew up with it it's a core part of our friendship too in the mm. beginning of it as we talked about last week yeah they've just been slacking though and so i i agree again where it's like the idea of them buying call of duty even a couple of months ago or even a year ago was more worrisome or seemed like more of a ballsy move than now when it's like you can take it but that shit's not that good right now anyway so you're just adding it to your to your list of things that need to be worked on 
and it's already a mismanaged product and you're going into what we've seen historically now being mismanagement from the top with the game studios that Microsoft already has with Phil Spencer. And I forgot there's a man above Phil Spencer that I completely I'm blanking on his name, but there's somebody like above him. It was like they're ahead of PlayStation. Like Got it. Phil Spencer, like there's somebody like there. Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan, I believe are kind of equal parody playing fields. And then there's somebody above them. Like they're Herman Hulse. Mm. They're head of studios. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Godspeed with Xbox. I do want them to, you know, bounce back. They like they have, and also with the more shit they keep on buying, they have acts. They have like the, like a lot of IP, and I don't want all that IP to be wasted now. Yeah, definitely. Because they can't make a fucking game. Definitely. Well, so I mean, over here too, it's not always all all smiles. We had we talked about Media Molecule kind of shutting down the support for Dreams, and so now we know. That Media Molecule co-founder Mark Harley has left the studio after 17 years. Mm. So he's out of there. I This was kind of an interesting one in the sense that I didn't really... So I, di- I didn't take Dreams getting its support shut down. I didn't take that as like a huge negative to the studio. It kind of was just something that I was like, well, that makes sense. It feels like something that everybody knew made sense. Like it wasn't... But, I mean, internal, at the end of the day, Sony's a business, PlayStation's a business. They're trying to make money. It's like you fucking wasted all this time. And I I believe it was the corporate, hey, you can leave now or you can get fired in six months. What do you want to do? I also want to make my correction. His name is Mark Healy, not Harley. Oh, okay. Mark Healy. Matt Healy's dad from the 1975. Yeah, exactly. Is leaving media, media molecule after 17 years. But um, but no, I, I think that that's probably what it was, where it's like, hey, like, this ended, like, you can go or you're going to get fired. Yeah, I can see that. So he's been there since, you know, Little Big Planet time and throughout Dreams. And so based on what I read, he's moving on to work on other things, but I don't think it's established, like, what studio or forming a new studio, that kind of thing. But I also agree exactly with what you're saying, where we kind of knew this wasn't a great success. And I'm sure that I'm sure to a certain extent, the behind the scenes is probably Sony was like, hey, we'll give you your space and time. But now they're probably like, we gave you a lot of fucking space and time. And this really didn't work out. So like they gave him way too much rope and then they hung themselves with it. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, we do actually do have a question about this as well. A lethargic testy. Said, what's up, trophy horse? Let's keep it simple. Is Media Molecule as dead as dreams? Keep doing what you do. Big fan. Um, I think... So what about the studio itself? What's up? I don't know who is there or... I don't think they will kill the whole studio. I think they would just give them... If they're not working on a new IP, I think they would just give them another IP to work on. I think I don't think like we like we mentioned in last week's episode. I think that them saying not Dreams IP means Little Big Planet because if it was a new IP completely, they, I feel like they would have said new IP. I agree. I think it could either be Little Big Planet or my conspiracy theories could be. You know how like you have a different studio working on another Uncharted. Mm-hmm. You could just have them work on a PlayStation IP that's just not currently being used. That's true, but 
you know what I think would be really cool? Actually, Media Molecule jumping back into those 3D platformer games. Obviously not Ratchet and Clank because Insomniac likes to make those, but what happens if Media Molecule makes like a like a Sly Cooper game? I mean, that's that what, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. I just didn't say it. Because I feel like they have a cleverness and a creativeness that, you know, could... But then, I don't know, I don't feel like that's Media Molecule's bag. They like to make their weird kind of like artsy, and I kind of want them to stay in that realm because that's something different from all the other PlayStation games we get. Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I don't think Tearaway is very good. I haven't played it, so I can't so, render any judgment. I think Tearaway is pretty, pretty mid. Little Big pretty Planet, shit. Yeah, Little Big Planet is fun, and even now, even though I don't think it holds it the same way it did then, I still think it's fun and I still think it's good. My thing is that to a casual audience, does Media Molecule have any cachet? I don't know. No, exactly. So, but be- because of that. I feel like that's when you could hand them anything and be like, hey, you work on this because I don't think anyone would care. Like if you had any of the really the big ones like Insomniac, Naughty Dog, Polyphony, even if you had like Sony Santa Monica, basically what I'm saying is like any of them, any of the big ones, if they worked on something oddball, I think people would be like, what the fuck? Now we're missing out on what they could be doing here. I don't think Media Molecule is like that, so I feel like they can do whatever they want with that studio. I agree, but I don't think Media Molecule is the same kind of ga- traditional gaming studio where you can kind of hand them any project. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're they're probably the smallest first party team within the studios, and now with their head leaving, they're one one less short. I can, I honestly think Media Molecule would be best making like a triple triple i indie game you know those like yes. high quality indie games i feel like that's their per- that's like that's a perfect lane for them every two three years we get a cool little indie story they make like not exactly like these games but like level of quality in terms of like a limbo uh a stray even even a stray is like the worst kind of game they make like that kind of like those high quality indie titles that are you know they're they're pretty up there in budget so they're not even necessarily like indie anymore because they always all have funding now but they're indie in terms of like they're not a traditional game so that meaning also has lost what it really means but i think like that's like the perfect lane for media molecule they can be that weird fun indie studio where we get from they maybe not disrespect them so much as having their game released on plus but like you get it after six months or something like that yeah we're gonna yeah we'll find out but i agree i think We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's a good lane for them, I think. I mean, I agree. That's a, I, I, I agree with that. I think... I don't think... My, my main takeaway is I don't think they will get shut down. I think they'll be repurposed. And I think that they have a vagueness to them to the general public that they can do a lot of different things. Yeah, definitely. But I'm, I'm excited to see whatever they make next. I hope that they do stay around on the opposite end at a massive studio diablo 4 has (laughs) gone gold yeah it's gone gold ahead of its release in june and going gold is the for those that are unfamiliar it is the term that is used in the gaming industry to basically say that it is ready to ship or it is pretty much complete and ready to play so there's a disc yeah that has the game on it of course they will be continuing to update and all that kind of stuff but this just means that it is done and it has gone gold i heard that the betas were really good for it although i've still never really played a diablo game at all uh have your mm-hmm. opinions changed on this or are you looking to check this out 
I didn't pull the trigger on the Diablo 2 Resurrection thing at $20 for Diablo 2 and 3. I'll be on the lookout for that again and possibly think about pulling the trigger again. Because I think I would rather play Diablo 2 or 3 before diving into 4. Unless 4 gets like exceptional reviews. Just because 2 and 3 were made in a time period before games got kind of grossly monetized. And I just think that this one might get grossly monetized. Especially being so heavily multiplayer focused. So I think... I mean, yeah, outside of like exceptional reviews, I don't think I'm going to be diving in day one. I am happy that it went gold so far in advance just so they're able to tweak it. I also heard that they did learn a lot from the beta and they will be changing it a lot based on, based on feedback. So that's all positive. Also, actually, at the top of the show, you saying the phrase pulled the trigger made me remember. I forgot to mention that I pulled the trigger and I bought Wolong Fallen Dynasty. So that's also a game I played a little bit of this week. I played like 30 45 minutes and my character looks dope but back to diablo 4 i just wanted to mention <laughs> that that is a game that i bought and i guess i am also playing but i same with diablo 4 i mean i i know you told me that you were looking at that package on sale and i probably would have tried it if you picked that up but for me personally i'm still in the same boat where i think that it'll probably be a really fun game but it's number one a series that i'm unfamiliar with and number two i also think that it will be i would imagine they're gonna try to like shake me down for everything i have so i don't really want to even like get into jump into that space exactly and and be like oh so i think yeah i think the best way would be if we just play it co-op two and three because those are before the the contamination yeah agreed i think i think that's astute and then do you have anything else to say about diablo no no great so then the other thing is Kind of to wrap things up now, this is a basically Techland sent out a survey asking players who they would like to see as the hero of Dying Light 3. And then they tried to act like this is not a Dying Light 3 announcement. (laughs) But. Love how they do it on the week of Dead Island 2. I agree. That's actually the first thing I thought of is that I was like, wow, that's kind of petty. Yeah, it is kind of petty. Like it's petty because also Dying Light 2 launched in a really shitty state and from what I heard Dead Island 2 not really. Smooth. Like Smooth. it visually there are some funny bugs, but I've heard it actually like works. Where De- Dying Light 2 was like fundamentally kind of broken when it came out to the point where neither of us have really played it. I played maybe like 10 hours, but I had problems with it, so I was like I don't really want to finish it in this state and I just never went back. I yeah, I did I probably did around the same amount of time 10 hours but i think my issue was with it is that it's it's just a weird game i think that i don't is trying to do too much and be too big i feel like the dying light my bad dying light too just to feel like the first one has like a perfect size the map wasn't huge and this one is like just now one of these bloated rpgs and it's just it was dead island 2 didn't hit and i think dead island or dying light 2 did not hit Dead Island 2 looks like it will hit because it seems like it has a lot more personality. Dying Light 2 just kind of seemed generic, for lack of a better term. Dying Light 1 is really good. Fucking fantastic. I think So I played Dying Light 1 way later than everyone else. I think I played it... I might have to check my trophies, but I played it within the last three years. Because I know I played it here while I've been living in this apartment, and uh, we're gonna. Oh wow, really? Yeah, that's when I actually. Holy shit! Yeah, I played dying. I I might have played Dying Light One on my PS Five. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, so like, I did not know that because I started it up a bunch of times over the years, but I never made it past like a quarter, and then I mm-hmm. think 
I like I said, I have to check, but I know for a fact it was in this apartment. So I think it was probably on my PS5. I played Dying Light One all the way through, and I loved it. I thought it was really great. And so uh, you know, same thing as you with Dying Light Two. I'm like, it's a different aesthetic, but it doesn't feel as realized as the first one. Like the first one doesn't just feel like the area makes sense. It's like the area and all the computers and it makes sense and or you know, all the people and it makes sense. The lighting, the music, what's actually happening. Just like a really good coherent package. And even Dead Island 2, we haven't played it yet, but it looks like it understands what it is. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what Dying Light 2... Like, I understood that Dying Light 2 wanted to be more than the first one, but I didn't know in what way. Exactly. Also... And it- I saw a YouTube comment on a Dead Island 2 review, and I just wanted to bring this up because it's something that I didn't think about. I never thought about the fact that Dead Island 2 is not on an island. Oh, fuck. You're right. It's a California. I mean, but yeah. we don't know the state of California. In this world, the earthquake could have happened. It could have been an island. That, it could be on okay. an island. That would actually be really fire. If it was like Final mm-hmm. Mission and you find out it actually is an island, that would be cool. See, they can do that. I'm I'm up for hire. Any video game company, I got ideas in here. <laughs> yeah, I I'm excited to play that. I think that'll I mean that'll definitely be a scoop up. If not now, I'm sure sometime soon. I mean I I will want to play that. Yeah, that definitely seems fun, and it's also co op, and it's it seems like the perfect kind of co op game where it's like those traditional Borderlands games where the story's not serious, and you just kind of need to tune in for those one liners that are funny. We laugh in the party and just have a fucking good time, just hacking away. Agreed. And it's not one of those ones where it's like, okay, we're going to both get on and we need to stay at the same level. It's like you could probably just have multiple characters and drop in and drop out. But that looks like a good time. I mean, Dying Light 3, cool. I I don't don't think I'm opposed to a Dying Light 3. I just... Not as excited about it as I was for 2. I agree with that, but I also don't understand why they're trying to be like, this is not an announcement. I mean, I know you're not trying to like... I know you're not trying to put it out there and like it's not that they're just asking the thing is is that i understand where they're coming from sometimes you're just asking questions yeah you're not saying you agree with things you're just asking questions but you're fucking techland you've only made one series (laughs) like obviously this is going to be the next thing you're gonna we just wanted to know like if we made another game like which i want this guy or like who do you want you want we can make Yeah, like we have to make the game for you (laughs) exactly you know that's the shit i hate that is yeah like movies don't but it works what do you mean it works with what no well we'll see when it releases but it seems like it was a i think the perfect um balance is diablo with the betas where they had a product they announced it and they're gonna it seems like they're gonna be tweaking things they said they're changing major things due to the betas reactions so if that comes out good then i feel like that's a good solution a good uh example of what you dislike I agree, but I I I think it's also I think it's more the it's more the like early access and before the game is out. That's different, yeah. Because beta is different because it's like we have a product. Exactly. This is like we don't even like, like you're not know. presenting me with anything. Like you want me to just tell you <laughs> who the protagonist is going to be? Like are you going to pay us for like consultation? Yeah. <laughs> also, it is petty with the timing. Oh, yeah, and there's also a big update, too. There's a Dying Light, uh, the gut feeling update, I think is what it's called, that came out today. I don't I'm like, think that's a good why one. Y'all, 
Yeah, well, yeah, you, you guys look petty as fuck. Like, I, I want to play Dying Light 2 now more because of that. Do you think Dead Island? Do you think if Dead, Dead Island, Island reviewed... This is fucking annoying. I know, and the they're... I mean, it makes sense, too. D.I.s. Made or no, D.L. Do you think... Do you think if Dead Island 2 reviewed poorly that these things wouldn't... Like, that the Dying Been Light released? update and the survey wouldn't be coming out? I think it was planned to come out regardless. Yeah. It looks petty because it was well reviewed. Yeah, I agree. If it was poorly reviewed, it would be cool because it'd be dunking on them. That's true. And that's probably what they wanted it to be like optically like, yeah, Di- Dead Island 2 fucking sucks. What do you want to be the guy in Dead Island 3? Or Dying Light 3? Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll see. But... Yeah, but we'll definitely see. That That will definitely be a fun game. It's an exciting game to look forward towards this year. Dead Island 2, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, not Dying Light 3. That'll come out next that, generation. Definitely. At this point, how long it took them with the fucking first game? Yeah, that's true. And then that shit still didn't work. Crazy. This guy. <laughs> taking a poll. Taking a poll mid-show. But uh, that's that's all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have any more lesser inquiries. And we don't have any more news stories. And we're getting confused out here. Fucking Dead Island 2, Dead Island 3, Dying Light. It's all yeah, in the same that's... studio. All the same studio. It's very confusing, but Mark, do you have any closing thoughts, comments, concerns? What are you going to be playing? Yeah, I was just going to say, hope everyone has is having a great week and continues to have a great week. Enjoy some playoff basketball. Hang out with your friends <laughs> and play. Yeah, try, try. Yeah, touch grass. Try Dead Island Two, and I'm probably going to continue Devil May Cry too. I think that mm-hmm. I'll be able to breeze through that. And then I probably should get back to Resident Evil 4, but who knows? Yeah, my goal is for this weekend with the games is a beat De- a Resident Evil 4 to re- beat Resident Evil 4 remake, possibly get Dead Island 2, maybe start di- dipping my toe into that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's all we have for you this week, folks. Hopefully you come back and we'll do it all all over again. Yeah, thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.